Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new Thanksgiving edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we are talking scary movies. I appreciate all of you joining me whether you are listening to this through the Podbean where we have our audio only version which has been up for a little bit longer than our video only version. And if you're looking at me that means you're looking here at the YouTube page. Either way I appreciate you tuning in. I love seeing y'all come back and back over to listen to me talk about horror movies because I'm not that interesting of a person but I love talking me some scary shit. Love that all y'all listen to it. Now, for the YouTube, make sure to go to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. If you go there, you can get subscribed to my channel and you can get alerted for all of the new episodes and other videos I might put up. For example, this week I did put up an unboxing of A Nightmare on Elm Street The Freddy Game. Yes, I ordered uh, both of the Nightmare on Elm Street board games and one of them came in and I did an unboxing for it. We are absolutely going to be playing that together sometime time here soon we're gonna record the episode and show it to y'all i'm so looking forward to it it looks like a lot of fun the other game should actually be coming in today so i'm excited to catch that as well too um i am recording this the day of so uh things are running a little bit tight 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 uh but you have the youtube page get to the facebook group as well too and that's where you can find out about our watch parties written reviews and other stuff we got going on that's facebook.com slash group slash t scary movie again facebook.com slash group slash t scary movie and lastly if you are joining our watch parties, for example, tonight uh, we've been watching, uh, we've watched uh, uh, Thanks Killing 3, Ghostbusters, and we got Ghostbusters coming up, and then we have Black Friday as well, too. That's what I have for your Thanksgiving feast for you. It's going to be a great time. We are holding off on Resident Evil, the final chapter, until next week. We got a lot of really, really fun stuff that we're going to be talking over the uh, coming month here in T Watches a Scary Movie. Um, it's funny because we're not really going to do that much in the way of Christmas stuff. Um, I have a fun plan for y'all the very last week before Christmas itself there. Uh, but we're doing a lot more new stuff. Um, so... Uh, next week, we are talking Last Night in Soho and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. And the watch party, we're going to be watching Resident Evil The Final Chapter and Last Night in Soho. Then the week after that, we are going to be watching the naughty cut of Krumpus. Yes, uh, we watched Krumpus last year. Love that movie. It is one of my holiday staples. Um, Scream Factory is releasing the naughty cut. I should actually have it by the end of this week. So we're going to watch that here soon as well, too. Uh, and then the week after that, because of a couple of you collectively saying you hadn't seen the Riddick series where you were watching Resident Evil Retribution last night, uh, we have to do that. So we're going to be talking and watching Pitch Black and Riddick coming up on December 15th. And that, of course, goes with all of our TV shows and everything as well, too. We're having a blast with that. But um, get to the Discord to join any of our watch parties we got going on. We got one tonight. Again, we still got Ghostbusters and Black Friday coming. That's discord.gg slash tscarymovie. Again, discord.gg slash tscarymovie. I'm here to help. Reach out if you need any assistance. So we had a lot to talk about. Um, in our Thanksgiving feast, like I mentioned, we had Thanksgiving 3, we have Black Friday, and we have Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
But we got to talk Chucky and Dexter New Blood. Um, we're going to do it as quick as possible because we don't have a lot of time. I'm not trying to keep y'all too long because Thanksgiving meals always go longer than what they should anyway. But man, oh man, oh man, did we have a lot of developments on both shows this week. We're going to start by talking Dexter New Blood. We're in episode three uh, titled Smoke Signals. If you recall, episode two left off with... Um, uh, Dexter now having the cops all over his land. Uh, he's now reunited with uh, his son Harrison. And they're trying to figure out the disappearance of Matt Caldwell. And now in episode 3 we're following up on that as uh, the one thing that's evident that I talked about in the watch party last night. Dexter is not a perfect serial killer. And I hope everybody understands that he's not a perfect serial killer. Because if he was, he wouldn't get almost caught every fucking season. Like, it's hilarious. It's kind of like the old Batman movies, basically, to where every villain in the old Batman movies had to find out who Batman was by the end of the movie. Like, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Who the fuck didn't know who that Bruce Wayne was Batman by the end of those movies? Like, everybody knew. As a matter of fact, everybody knew him in the new, ba like, in the Christian Bale, uh, the Christopher Nolan movies, too. It's like, they're allergic to keeping a secret identity. And it's kind of the same thing with Dexter. Every season of the original show, somebody found out he always fucked up. And it, the only thing that makes him a very better serial killer than most is that he hunts other serial killers so he's knowing what to look like. But it's, it's, it's his own hubris that gets him caught every season somehow through somebody else. So um, in this episode of Smoke Signals, we're doing dealing more and more, more information coming out that Dexter wasn't as careful as he thought he was, which makes sense. He hasn't murdered anybody in 10 years. So, of course, he's missing a few things. And it, this episode dealt a lot with him trying to cover up those tracks. While also we're getting a lot of development with Matt Caldwell's father, played by Clancy Brown, uh, his father, Kurt. And then, as well, Dexter's girlfriend, uh, Angela, um, her daughter, Audrey, is still bonding a lot more with Harrison as well, too. And I gotta say, Harrison's the player of the week this week around. We kind of figured, um, we, we kind of figured going into this show that if Harrison was going to be featured, which we didn't know at the time, but if Harrison was going to be featured in this here uh, with a presumed time gap... We are going to have to look at the fact that Harrison might have some traits coming in from Dexter, and we've seen a few here and there. What's interesting is that we still don't know what Harrison's ultimate game plan here is. Um, because based on what we've seen, this could go a lot of ways. I mean, it could go what I think a lot of people might be expecting, which Harrison will turn out to be a serial killer and maybe might end up murdering Dexter, you know, as revenge for everything that's happened to him in his life. Um, it could be that he doesn't do that, but Harrison still has murdered somebody, which is kind of where I'm at. I think Harrison coming from foster homes, as he's claimed, might have murdered somebody in one of those fosters, uh, foster homes. But... Wouldn't it be interesting if we found out that Harrison actually murdered Hannah? That would be interesting as hell and a nice twist to find out that Harrison actually murdered Hannah and is back for one reason or another to catch Dexter. Um, who knows? But we also got a little bit further into the big bad of the season. Um, the girl, the hitchhiker who in the first episode, you know, was looking for some help. And then last episode we saw she got caught by whoever the killer of this season is going to be. Killer let the girl go and then proceeded to murder her. Now, we have a couple options for who that killer is. Um, right now, it seems to be going, they're, like, they're planning it as the mayor. Uh, that the mayor of the town played, uh, what the hell is the guy's name? Um, 
Ah, da, 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 da. Nope, not gonna, not gonna remember it, and I'll, I'll remember it at some point there. But um, it, it's interesting that they're setting the mayor up as it seems to be the possible killer. I don't think it's him at all. I'm positive it's Clancy Brown. It's Clancy Brown. Like, there's no way it's the mayor that's doing it. He's just there to be an asshole and to be a red herring towards it. But I'm very interested to see where we go with that, honestly. Um, and I don't want to talk about too much because this show is going on for a while there. And certain things I, I speak about here on this might give it away. Plus, we don't have a lot of time. So, that's Dexter. Make sure you're coming back next week. Uh, next Tuesday, we're going to do another watch party. We'll have new episodes of Dexter. Uh, and then the season finale of the next show we're about to talk about, Chucky. Y'all give Don Mancini his fucking roses, okay? Y'all make sure to thank that man and to let him know how much he has done for the horror genre y'all um we are uh we we are just here now at the season finale of De of uh of about to say dexter but of chucky folks i don't know if anybody could have come out here and said that they thought this show was going to be that good uh and even myself i love everything to do with chucky i even and, and you know what even seed of chucky when i know a lot of people are down on there's so much love about that film as well too uh, i love this series i love these, these characters love this franchise and i don't think i even expected walking into this that this show would really change what we should expect out of horror and a lot of things within that too i'm talking about lgbt uh qia representation um that has been absolutely fantastic the amount of gore and language we're getting on network tv is amazing and i know we've had stuff like hannibal which has paved the way hannibal is fa fucking fantastic as well and i know usa themselves have put on other shows that have done shown a lot of the same kind of stuff that chucky is doing but this is groundbreaking for a franchise folks um and honestly i think a lot of people need to take note of this show i'm talking a lot of people behind the scenes need to take note of chucky and realize there is money and there is a vision and a drive and and a road to taking established franchises and putting them on tv usa already kind of did it with the purge as well too to very very success the movies are still going on we're getting another movie after the forever purge so obviously something's working out here um and i know we have the hellraiser tv show that's coming up as well too so folks really consider doing tv for these established franchises because man the eight hours that we're going to end up with chucky by the time the season is over next week so good so fucking good um and it wasn't for the faint of heart either so let's talk twice the grieving double the loss before we get into our movies so we're coming in at the uh at in the previous episode there we lost a lot more we lost a lot more characters chucky is systematically taking out all of the parents of these kids uh jake's dad is gone now junior both uh junior's mom is gone devin's mom is gone lexi still has her parents there but chucky is targeting these adults and I have theories behind that uh, because we start the episode at the wake for Bree, Junior's mom. Junior uh, blames Jake uh, for everything that has happened. He punches him with it. And then it kind of gets weird because Tiffany shows up and kisses Junior's dad, Logan. Which, up to this point, we know there's something sinister going on with, uh, with Logan, but we don't really know what is what. But everybody saw it. Junior obviously wasn't going to take too well to that. And it's building more contention for his father um, than he already had. 
We also get more check-ins with Andy and with Kyle. And Andy, uh, understandably, makes a choice to keep Kyle out of going after Chucky. Uh, which is interesting because uh, 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 Kyle kind of saved his bacon after the events of uh, Cult of Chucky there. And it's obviously been proven at this point having numbers with chucky is a good thing this is not something people one-on-one -on -one against a freaking three foot high doll are not doing too well numbers is always helping out but we get it um a lot of the people andy has had in his life have been uh irre irrevocably damaged by chucky so he doesn't want kyle getting any worse for the wear than what she already was um and the imagery of them at that gas station something about that was just like really really cool honestly um really 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 great and beautiful shots they had set up there um but andy left kyle at the gas station and presumed on to hackensack to uh confront chucky and these kids himself so we'll find out what's going on there with that in our season finale now other big things happening across this episode. Devin and Jake broke up. No! We love Devin and we love Jake together. We just got the kiss. We just got them got them uh, together. I'm so excited for the two of them. But understandably, after Devin's mom, uh, Devin's mom, unfortunately, was killed by Chucky, uh, not really an option. Devin, in addition to uh, being in tremendous grief, also realizes that there's there's real danger here at this point his life is in danger jake's life is in danger they have to kind of stay away from each other so they break up uh jake just kind of done with everything everything's gone wrong at this point here decides he's running away um everything's breaking down we find out junior's been talking to chucky and we don't know how long Junior has been talking to Chucky for either at that point. But Chucky is manipulating him. And his manipulation, unfortunately, is successful of Junior. He's able to make a make a power play that we kind of thought he might be doing with, uh, with Jake. That he was going to do with Lexi's sister. That he might have been doing with Devin, as I theorized last week. But it seems that he caught Junior in his crosshairs. And unfortunately for Logan, that is not good news for him um in our flashback we saw uh tiffany and chucky had a bit of a falling out getting us closer uh what i thought was going to be the same night as the original child's play and certain events of curse of chucky um uh, but we don't know that yet i think we might see that in the season finale connecting those events from curse of chucky and the original child's play not that nothing everything's already connected we're close enough to it but i'm hoping that's where we're going with chucky storming out on tiffany like that um but we'll talk about lexi a little bit man lexi is an interesting character these first few episodes she's jake's nemesis she's a villain we think she's just going to be as bad as chucky is and that girl olivia allen lynn has uh man has done a great job this season they're building that character up because lexi is so endearing now when she like when she tells jake when jake comes back around to lexi's place and saying he found a chucky doll and they're trying to figure out what's going on and she's like you were just gonna leave us and then she says like we're your family like it was hard not to get tear up at that because they did the work for it they did the fucking work like lexi actually likes jake jake is her family she's like they're he's her friend 
Oh my god, I'm thinking about it now. This show is so fucking good, folks. Like, you're doing yourself a disservice to Chucky, like the franchise in general, if you're not watching it. And you're doing a disservice to yourself from horror to see this kind of characterization. Dawn is out here writing some fantastic stuff here. Um, and I know he didn't write all these episodes here. I believe this one was Mallory Westfall and Isabella uh, Gutierrez. But... It's so good, y'all. This series is so good. I don't really want to get into more spoilers there. Needless to say, you need to see this show. Next week is the season finale. Make sure you're coming back for the watch party for that. It's Chucky. So, meat and potatoes time, folks. We're in our Thanksgiving feast. Thanks Killing 3. So, I watched the original Thanks Killing last year. I had been seeing it for years. I worked at a Blockbuster video. I remember seeing it at Blockbuster video and thinking, what the fuck is this? And last year in my attempt to find Thanksgiving horror, I was watching that along with a bunch of others. I had a great time. It is a terrible, terrible film. It's very much a Z movie with a low budget, but it's fucking hilarious though, that original film. I highly recommend everybody watching it. Thanks Killing 3, I knew what I was getting into. What was funny about it was that for the longest time, I was searching for Thanks Killing 2. Because I was like, okay, why the fuck can I find it? Like, I know this is not a big studio, but I should be able to track it down. And I thought something was wrong. Like, it's just gone. And then I found out the premise of Thanks Killing 3 is the quest for Thanks Killing 2. Uh, and that's all I'm going to review about the movie, y'all. Because... You know what you're getting into if you watch the first Thanksgiving. It's a giant rubber turkey puppet that is murdering people in hilarious ways. Um, and in this movie, it's very, uh, very self-aware because Turkey is trying to get a copy of Thanksgiving 2. <laughs> we watched it. It's so fucking funny, y'all. That's all I want to say. I don't waste time on that there. Uh, check it out. It's on Prime Video. Real stuff, though. Let's talk Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, folks, uh, over the past 40 years, we have been lucky enough to receive now a total of four Ghostbuster movies. Uh, this is a franchise that has been everywhere. Movies, TV shows, comic books, merchandising. Everything you can think of over the past 40 years, Ghostbusters has done. But yet, there's only been four movies and i know depending on who you talk to you're gonna get different opinions of those films everybody loves the first movie as well as they should uh the second movie which is the better one it is the uh fucking fantastic and it is canon pick that bitches uh ghostbusters 2 is hit or miss uh ghostbusters answer the call which uh, i'm not gonna call it lg by the way that's fucking stupid and rude guys like it, it's it's ghostbusters or ghostbusters answer the call the one with melissa mccarthy and uh kristen wig and uh, uh you know everybody else there not a fan of that movie honestly wasn't good um and then that brought us to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, the big part about Ghostbusters Afterlife is that Jason Reitman is taking over the reins, directing here uh, for the franchise from his father, Ivan Reitman, who did the first film. Um, and it's interesting because in addition to what we're seeing on screen, we are also seeing um, a lot behind the scenes kind of evolve and tell the same story, uh, same story as well, too. So... Um, uh, Jason Reitman also wrote the film along with Gil Keenan, uh, who wrote, uh, who directed other really, really awesome films like Monster House 
and uh, he actually did City of Ember, which is a lot of fun, too. City of Ember, actually, I'm pretty sure that's the Dan Aykroyd one. Dan Aykroyd was in that, wasn't he? I think he was in that one. I might be thinking of another one. Not Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray was in that. Um, but Ghostbusters Afterlife, um, as y'all can probably guess here, this is uh, set about 30 years after the original film, if you want to be precise, 32, after Ghostbusters, uh, 32 years after Ghostbusters 2. Now... The film starts us off with Egon um, at a random house out in the middle of nowhere. He's on the run. Um, he's got a trap. There's a ghost chasing him here. And while he's trying to catch this ghost, everything fails and Egon presumably dies. And this ghost returns back to a nearby mountain. We're then introduced to uh, introduced to this family, uh, which features uh, mom, Callie. Uh, who is Egon's estranged, estranged daughter and her children, Trevor and Phoebe. Now, uh, this is a very different family, as we can tell. They don't really have a lot of money. Phoebe seems to be a genius. Trevor seems to be obsessed with driving and cars um, and is your typical, you know, uh, typical male teenager. And Callie is a bit rough around the edges. And that's one of the things that Ghostbusters does the, so well throughout this film, especially when it comes to Callie and Phoebe is showing off their very different and distinct personalities and talking a lot about loss and hurt. Um... Callie is one of the uh, just one of the best characters in here because what we've experienced with Ghostbusters, whether whether you like the last Ghostbusters film or not, in the last three films, what we're used to is a very like happy, upbeat setting, and Callie is not happy, and Callie is not the traditional mom that we see in a lot of like a lot of other movies. I say like this, you know what I kind of mean. They're the single mom, not a great relationship with her family. They're still like a really really cool person, and Callie is fantastic. But Callie is carrying so much pain. And it's interesting as you see her demeanor break more and more over the course of the film because everybody in uh, um, uh, uh, everybody in this town of Somerville, Oklahoma, to where they relocate to, um, has bad opinions of Egon. And every time somebody brings one of those opinions up, you can just tell more and more. She's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm so done hearing about my father and all these things that my father did because my father wasn't there for me. And you can feel that, man. Like it, like you can feel that pain in there that she doesn't want to have these conversations. And in any other movie, we would have those conversations. We would elaborate on that. Be like, come on, just tell me about it. And they don't do that. They circumvent that so, so much by making it clear she doesn't want that conversation happening. She doesn't care about him. He left her. And I love when it's like kind of brought down to her when somebody explains why Egon might have left. And she's like, well, um, if he's like, if, 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 if he like, if he's not this, then he's an asshole, basically, because either he did abandon us or if he didn't abandon us, he still left me, basically. And I love that so much. And then that passes on to Phoebe because Phoebe is trying to find her way in the world as well, too. Phoebe's highly intelligent. Um, and she's in summer school for some reason, which I assume, I, I don't know. But she's in summer school for some reason. Um, and that puts her in you know, the path of Paul Rudd, who is her summer school teacher. Um, but she's clearly a genius and knows so much and is not really being that challenge that 
when all these things in Somerville start to happen. You know, she finds Egon's Ghostbusters lair with all his equipment and everything set up. And she starts trying to figure out, you know, what Egon was really doing out here. And, you know, her brother's helping. Her good friend that she met podcast is helping. And her teacher, Gary, who is a seismologist, is trying to help out as well, too. And you see her kind of come out of this shell as she's getting to actually like revel in shit that she knows and shit that she's good at. And that's one of the best parts about Ghostbusters Afterlife is that Phoebe is such a fantastic character, honestly. Um, and the moments to where we get to see emotion coming from her, it is heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking watching the argument that she has with Callie about Egon and McKenna Grace just shows she has she has experience beyond her years man we've been watching mckenna grace for like a decade at this point whether y'all believe that shit or not we've been watching her in movies for like uh, it's either a decade or right around a decade and in a lot of big stuff as well too and she continues to just keep knocking it out of the park and her relationship um she ends up meeting and making a friend named podcast podcast um played by logan kim um, picks up on all her kind of weird stuff and he's kind of a weird kid and everything as well too. And they kind of blend together. I love podcasts because like Phoebe is the straight man basically. And podcast is absolutely the comedic relief. And those two do so good work with each other throughout the course of this film. And as the film keeps going on and we get more of that Ghostbusters arsenal back, I love the fact and the choices made that we kind of stay focused on this story and really not so much on our older Ghostbusters. They're in it. They're in it for sure. Y'all, it's in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything, but I'm also not going to talk directly about those moments. But I love the fact that we give more time to Phoebe and her family because that's really where I found myself being interested. I knew we were going to get the old Ghostbuster stuff. I didn't need the old Ghostbuster stuff because the little sprinklings they did with like Egon in it. And even just the shit with Ray, which again, we know it's in the trailer there. It's like, that's enough. That's more than enough for me there. Um, I didn't find it distracting later on in the movie. Like, I know a lot of reviews were saying like, ah, uh, like this gets super like dumb or it's just, it's over the top when the Ghostbusters like come, like show up, um, which again, I'm not going to explain in the context of it there. It didn't distract me. Again, it was very unnecessary though, um, because again, Phoebe and her family are so interesting with the exception of her brother Trevor, played by Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things and other stuff. Trevor kind of gets left in the dust in this film. And in some aspects, that's okay because Phoebe really gets a chance to shine because we're not focusing that much on Trevor. But I think the problem is, and my wife of all people pointed this out here, is that we all we all should kind of know Finn Wolfhard by now from again Stranger Things and so many other stuff that he stands out and i don't know necessarily in a bad way he stands out in the sense that we i think we all kind of wish he had more to do in this movie and he's really very much a background supporting character to phoebe's journey in this like his arc doesn't really do too much over the course of this film you know he's got a crush on uh on um uh, a girl named lucky who he ends up working with uh, played by celeste o'connor and again it's just not it's not as interesting as I think a lot of us really would have hoped to see out of Finn Wolfhard being in this film. He does get a chance to, you know, be a Ghostbuster, and that's pretty fucking awesome, but we do really wish he had a lot more. Um, Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd, y'all. Look, if you're a Paul Rudd fan, you're going to like Paul Rudd in pretty much everything that you see him in. I'm a Paul Rudd fan. I thought he was particularly hilarious in this film. That's all you really got to say about that. 
but again this is very much a story about uh, about family and about you know what happens to those that we leave behind you know what kind of messages should we be making sure to pass on to it um there are absolutely some jerking moments in this film which i didn't expect after a ghostbusters film at all uh, but you know it, it, it's kind of par for the course with this series too um because one thing i always love to point out to folks that don't really give ghostbusters 2 its play but it's a reason why i think this franchise as a whole is just so good is that not good things don't always happen to these characters there ghostbusters 2 starts off by explaining they got sued that happy ending we got at the end of the original ghostbusters film they save the day stay puffed is gone gozer is gone you know everything is all good to go peter and dana are together no that didn't work out that way peter and dana broke up she got married to somebody else and had oscar the ghostbusters went out of business because they got sued for saving the city like all this shit happened there and it wasn't all good and i love the fact that afterlife really continued that trend um, the ghost design from what we saw was cool. This is very much a rehash of the original Ghostbusters. And I think that's the only problem that a lot of us are really going to have to deal with there. Um, if you're not okay with rehashing another film a la The Force Awakens, you're not going to like this one. And that's really the thing about it. Um, my cousin, I gave him a lot of shit. My cousin wasn't really a big fan of this movie. Uh, he said it was boring. I didn't think it was boring. I think it was boring because there was a lot like if you think it was boring it's because you didn't like a lot of the emotional shit but then i kind of looked at it from a different aspect and i was like look a lot of people when they saw the force awakens said it was a new hope and it was the force awakens was a new hope and i think years later we can look back at that sequel trilogy and say hey sure it's still enjoyable does not make them all good films though um and Afterlife very much copies, it, it's basically rehashing the plot of the original Ghostbusters, Zool, Gozer, um, Ivo Shandor, all that stuff there. Didn't bother me in the least bit uh, because it's it's like a new retelling of that. It's the first Ghostbusters movie for our crowd as opposed to, you know, our parents crowd who are very big in the old days of SNL and stuff like that. I didn't think that was a problem. I enjoyed the design of the ghost. Um, I thought it was very interesting that that uh, that we got to see again a lot of this stuff we saw as kids redone as adults with different technology. So the dogs, you know, the key master, the gatekeeper, um, uh, Gozer themselves, and everything, um, and kind of bonkers to learn Olivia Wilde uh, played Gozer in some of those shots. That's kind of crazy as shit. But it's, it's, it was a really, really good movie, honestly. Um, I like the fact that this wasn't basically Ghostbusters 3 to where the Ghostbusters are already all there and together and everything, and they're running on missions. Really, that's what Ghostbusters 1 was giving to us, okay? And I like the fact that we have to build everything back up. They don't necessarily have all the equipment or anything uh, handy and ready to go. Um, this film accomplished a lot. I really do feel this film accomplished quite a bit. I think it's very easy to maintain being a Ghostbusters fan um, when you end up seeing this film and really getting all the image, uh, all, all the uh, all the love out of this, man. This is, this is really awesome. It, it's really, really awesome there. Um, so that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Check it out. Bring tissues. You will cry. Um, so, so good. Let's talk about Black Friday to end things off here. So... 
Black Friday is a new horror comedy that was written by uh, Andy Gressoviak and directed by Casey Tebow that was recently released into uh, select theaters as well it is available for rent and purchase on most streaming services including Vudu and Amazon Prime as well too. Now basically what happens is several big, uh, several employees at a local big box toy store are set to open and work on Black Friday. If you've never heard of that, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. It is the best shopping day of the year where you usually can get a lot of really good deals in most retail stores. So right off the jump, this really, uh, this really, uh, I resonated with this because I worked retail for a number of years and did Black Friday. And I'm talking the, you know, I had Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving dinner at one or two in the afternoon and then had to be back at this retail store by six in the afternoon to get ready for Black Friday. Uh, it fucking sucks. And all you retailers that still open on Thanksgiving, go fuck yourselves. Um, People are supposed to have a chance to be with their families, and even if they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, they should have that opportunity. I don't care who likes it or not. Fuck you, retailers that are open on Thanksgiving. Um, and like, literally, I'm cool with a 4 a.m. opening on Black Friday. Anything later than that, but opening before that is a shitty move, and it fucks over people who don't get that time. And you should be paying triple time to folks that have to work on Thanksgiving. There's my rant about that. Anyway, back to over to Black Friday group of employees are working at their local big box toy store getting ready for the uh, annual black friday sale but nearby in another store a meteorite has seemingly crash landed and it has started infecting the residents of this town so as the store opens up and the sales begin we find out that the only uh the only thing <laughs> that they not only have to worry about customers trying to get their hands on the best deals that are out there but they also have to worry about making it home alive after the night. Uh, this film features Devin Sawa, Ivana Baccaro, Ryan Lee, Michael Jai White, and a, uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, is in this as well. So we got a lot of really good horror royalty. You know Devin Sawa from stuff uh, such stuff as Idle Hands, Final Destination, and of course, Chucky. We got Spawn himself, Michael Jai White, Mr. Black Dynamite in there. Uh, Ivana Baccaro, you should recognize from Pan's Labyrinth. She played the lead, Ophelia, in Pan's Labyrinth. So we have a really good cast of characters here uh, in this story. Now, one thing that is really well done, that I love the writing and direction of this film, is that while there are monsters, because this meteorite basically makes these zombie-esque style of monsters, I have started calling them beakers, because as you see them evolve throughout the film, you'll notice they have a very pronounced beak on them. Um, and then a couple of them are very bird-like as well, too. So I think beakers fits perfectly. Uh, use that term there, because Casey Tebow liked that term himself there. Beakers is what we're calling the monsters there in uh, Black Friday. But against the background of the beakers running amok and killing off a lot of these characters and everything there's actually some very very uh as surprisingly deep connections and relationships in this film um you got to remember that in addition to being a horror film it is a christmas movie it is a thanksgiving movie as well too and it is interesting because with a lot of holiday horror we either go, we dive hard into the horror aspect of it, or they find a good mix. Crumpus is a good example of that because they do dive very heavy into the horror aspect, but 
they do a lot about those relationships and talking about the actual point of the holidays and everything too and black friday does a really good job with that as well to where we do get obviously a great focus on the beakers and them attacking the store and customers and the employees and everything but man oh man do, do these relationships break down and folks have to start becoming real with themselves about a lot of things you know whether it's devin sawa trying to re, uh to maintain his youth basically because he's been the longest employee here at this store he's got a couple of kids he doesn't really get to spend a lot of time uh time with either there and that gets brought up and talked about a lot um about ivana baccaro's character uh, marnie uh, about the relationship she has there with certain certain people at this store and what she really going to end up doing with her life um or even chris played by ryan lee who you know is your typical like kind of like high school college student coming out who has all this potential to do all these things in his life but he's working here at this lame uh you know this lame toy store we get to explore a lot of those relationships and i honestly thought that set this movie apart from a lot of other holiday horror films out there because there's such a good story with the relationship of these characters um again the design of the monsters of the beakers is fantastic uh they are they're creepy they're also funny as well too um michael jai white man this dude i never want to swear this dude don't age man black don't crack because he looks the exact same way he did in the 90s though um but michael jai white gets some of the most hilarious parts in this movie fighting the beakers off um there's a character by the name of ruth who i absolutely love who has some bonkers ass lines in this talking about uh, i know if y'all follow me on twitter you saw she talked about uh uh back in my day we used to separate shoppers by race i lost my shit at that's like ruth what are you doing right now nobody mentioned that go have another glass of eggnog ruth so so good uh, it's a funny movie y'all it's a funny movie um there's some surprising heart in this one as well too uh there's some good jump scares in it and the action is actually a lot of fun uh, i i really liked a lot of the action scenes in there um you know your favorites get a chance to shine you get to see devin sawa and bruce campbell you know knocking some heads around and shit like that as well too um the the movie really is a really really good movie honestly um it's a b movie and that's what you have to make sure you understand from the jump don't walk into this thing and then it's gonna be ah oh, it's this the you know grade a triple a you know film that's coming out and shit like that that's not what they're setting out to make here you know it, it's almost like a parody of our old uh holiday b movies there um with a bigger budget and better looks to it and a better cast and it does its job really really well honestly this is actually one because i've been searching for thanksgiving films that i would like to watch like every year and i actually think this is going to become a yearly staple with crumpus as well too um so definitely check this one out again it's in select theaters right now you can rent or purchase it on uh streaming services like prime video and voodoo as well that's black friday folks beakers remember beakers <laughs> so that is going to do it for us tonight uh fantastic talking a bunch of new shit with y'all i appreciate y'all uh, appreciate you hanging out just a little bit longer here to go over all this uh all this great horror holiday goodness folks next week i'm back with a new episode we got last night in soho and resident evil welcome to raccoon city and the watch party we're watching resident evil the final chapter and last night in soho that's next wednesday but be back tuesday we're gonna have the season finale of chucky we're doing dexter we got our typical stuff uh yeah that's what we got coming up Folks, happy Thanksgiving. 
I'm up to Christmas sweaters next week. Got to wear my sexy one here right now. I do look good if I say so myself. Uh, but happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, however you are choosing to celebrate the weekend. Rest up, eat good food. Go Cowboys! And uh, my name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.